0: Thank you for listening. Visit www.cityhillglobal.com to find out more about City Hill Church. Please stand with me to the book of Acts, and we're continuing our series, and that is the king and his kingdom. And we're going to be looking at Acts 1 from verse 12 following. Acts 1 verse 12 following. I'm going to read it out loud for you. Says here the disciples returned to Jerusalem from the mountain from the mountain called Olive, which is near Jerusalem, as a Sabbath day's journey away. And when they had entered, they went up to the upper room where they were staying. Peter and John and James and Andrew, Philip, and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James, the son of Alphaeus, and Simon, the zealot Judas, and Judas, the son of James. All these, with one accord, were devoting themselves to prayer, together with the women, Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brothers. In those days, Peter stood up among the brothers, who were about 120 altogether, and said, Brothers, the scripture had to be fulfilled, which the Holy Spirit spoke beforehand by the mouth of David concerning Judas, who became a guide to those who arrested Jesus. For he was numbered among us and was allotted his share in this ministry. Now, this man acquired a field with the reward of his wickedness, and falling headlong, he burst open in the middle of all his bowels, sorry, in the middle, and all his bowels gushed out. And it became known to all the inhabitants of Jerusalem, so that the field was called in their own language Acheldama, that is, the field of blood. For it is written in the book of Psalms, "May his camp become desolate, and let there be no one to dwell in it, and let another take his office." So, one of the men who have accompanied us during all the time that the Lord Jesus went in and out out among us, beginning from the baptism of John until the day when he was taken up from us, one of these men must must become with us a witness to his resurrection. And they put forward two, Joseph called Barzabas, uh, who was called Justus, and Matthias. And they prayed and said, you, Lord, who know the hearts of all, show which one of these two you have chosen to take, place, to take the place in this ministry and apostleship from which Judas turned aside to go to his own place. And they cast lots for them, and the lot fell on Matthias, and he was numbered with the eleven apostles. Let's pray together. Just close the eyes where you are. We're just going to pray. God is sovereign. Christ has won the victory, and we are more than conquerors in Him. God is sovereign. Christ has won the victory, and we are more than conquerors in him. Father, we know that you are in power, you are in authority, you do not panic at this moment, you do not sleep nor slumber, you are in charge and you are in control. Nothing catches you by surprise, whatever is happening in the city, whatever is happening around the world, you are still sovereign, nothing catches you by surprise. Jesus Christ, you sat down at the right hand of the Father, and you said it was finished, and it is finished. You have won the victory on the cross. And Lord, I know that today we stand here as those who are filled with the Holy Spirit. And in you, we are modern conquerors. As we, as we look at this passage of Scripture together, I pray that you will fill our hearts with the energy and of the Spirit and enable us to be witnesses of Jesus Christ. In a world that is broken and a world that is living with fear, may we be those who fill this place with faith. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Just a just one thing I just want to touch in this passage very quickly, before I go into all the details of this passage, is this, and this is in response to what's going on around at the moment. What's happening here is that you find the disciples of Jesus Christ. What happened was Jesus Christ died on a cross. He was raised from the dead, and he went to heaven. And before they came to this place, to the upper room, they were just on a a mountain with Jesus Christ. They saw Him go up to heaven, and now they are in the upper room. And they were told, go and wait. What's going to happen? The Spirit of God is going to come. And what's going to happen when the Spirit comes? They will be witnesses of Jesus Christ. So basically what's happening is that they go from a promise, which means God is promising them that something great and amazing is going to happen, to... The waiting in the in-between time of something that is about to happen, which is the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Does that make sense? So where we are now, we are in the middle of the promise of the Holy Spirit, the waiting, and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. So that's where we are now. And I just want to speak to us about that, because I feel this is relevant to where we are right now. God has spoken to us as a church, and He has said... He is about to do something big in this city, that we are about to go to the highways and the byways of this city because God wants to fill His house with people. He wants to fill His house with people who don't know Jesus, people from brokenness, people from backgrounds that we, we are not even familiar with, people who are struggling out there, people who have never experienced the cross before, people who have never heard the name of Jesus, people who are broken, people who are lost. God wants to do that. Promise. But... At the same time, that's not happened yet. We find ourselves here. You look around, a few seats that are empty. And God said he was, he's going to fill those seats. But we are in the middle. What is the middle? Right now where we are. And then all of a sudden, there's a virus. <laughs> what do you do? And I believe that there's always that kind of trajectory in God where you find the promises are spoken and there's the in-between time before the fulfillment of the promises. And what do you do in the middle? And I believe it's important that we talk about what we are doing right now, because I feel this is very key, it's very important. Why is it very key? Let me give you a few reasons. The first reason is this. Do you remember the story of the exodus of the people of God? That around the time that Moses heard from God that God was about to do something big, God spoke to Moses. He was in the desert. God said, I'm about to set my people free and I'm about to take them to a land flowing with milk and honey. Something amazing is going to happen. Moses went out, he obeyed God and he went to Egypt. He spoke to Pharaoh. He said, set my, God said, Set my people free. I'm about to take them into a land flowing with milk and honey. And all of a sudden, the people of God found themselves released and they are now here where they're living with promises. What's the promise? A land flowing with milk and honey. They're about to inherit something amazing. And they find themselves, they've just crossed the Red Sea, they're in the wilderness, which is the in-between, the Promised Land, and Pharaoh over there. But you know what happened? They sent the spies, the 12 spies, they went to spot the land, to spy the land, to see what's going on there. Do you know when they came back? They said, there are giants in the land. And for 40 years, the mission of God paused because of fear in their hearts. Something they could have embraced, they could have stepped into the future very early on, but they were gripped with fear, they forgot who they were, and they just were reading circumstances out of fear. And I just want to say to you, we live in a time of the future promise, and a time of the spoken promise. And now, if we react to what's going on around the city with fear, we will pause something that is so significant for the benefit of this city. Jesus Christ, when he died on the cross, Peter and other disciples were saying, don't go to the cross, and he said, get away from me, Satan. I must embrace the cross, and he embraced the cross, and he died on the cross for your sins and my sins and for Peter's sins. And then after He died, the disciples went back into their old life, having known very well that resurrection was going to happen, and they missed the moment. And now, they found themselves again in the middle, and they are saying, we are not going to miss the moment, and that is, we are not going to give in to fear Because the God of the heavens and the earth has now chosen us for something bigger for this place, for this city, for Jerusalem. So we are the ones entrusted with the mysteries of God, with the revelation of God, and something is going to happen. The Spirit is going to come upon us, and we are going to change the world and turn the world upside down. Let me ask you a question right now. You are in the middle. You are here in between the promise that was given and the promise that's to be fulfilled. What are you doing now? There are two things that we could do. The first one is read the papers, read the news, and be gripped with fear. The other thing that we could do is we could be saying, Oh no, we trample over scorpions. Nothing is going to harm us. And we are, and be ignorant of what's going on. And I believe we are to not give in to fear and we are to not be ignorant. But we are to live with the promises in mind. Because I believe over this time, this period right now, that we are to do three things. When the disciples were in the upper room, number one, they prayed together. Number two, the Bible says in one accord, they were in one mind. This is a moment of one mind, unity in the church. One mind. We're not pulling different directions. We're not being threatened by stuff that's happening. We are one mind as a people. We are praying as a people, because the future of the the city rests in this place, in the people who are here right now. And and as they were here, one of the things that they did was they met together, they spent time together, and they believed that God was going to do something here. Can I speak to you and say, this is a moment for the church to arise and ask, what is God doing? I was talking to someone in the coffee shop because that's where I work over the, this week, and uh, and this lady, as yes, we were standing there, and we were just about—I was just about to pay—and she said, "Oh, um, it's interesting what's happening in this country, isn't it?" I said, "Yeah, that's interesting." She said, "Oh, we i have not been working over this time. Um, I think she's a teacher or something." She said, uh, "Everyone's so scared, and um, and she i 'I'm not fearful.'" And in my mind, I'm thinking, yeah, I'm not fearful, but I'm also not ignorant, and that's what we're called to do. That's why when you walk in through the door, well, the first thing is we are anointing you with sanitizers. <laughs> we take responsibility. It's called leadership, but we also don't give in to fear. And she said to me, she said, so many people are very fearful. I thought, let me just fast forward this to maybe a couple of years, into the future? Imagine a paper was to release the news of what happened two years ago. We are in 2022, and they were to say, coronavirus outbreak in the UAE. The Christians were the first ones to leave or to hide. What kind of testimony will that give? Rather, when it all happened, the Christians seized the moment to see that God is gonna save this city and bless this city. That's where we are. Yeah. Are you with me? Yeah. All right, raise up your hand if you're with me. I just want to see how great that's our response today, that we are to say, God, show us what you're doing. Because people, people are asking questions now. What happens when we die? Maybe we should be there to answer those questions. People are asking, their, there's fear in your, in your office. Do you know what I would love you to do? Take your phone and say, as a church this afternoon, We came together and we prayed for our office. Let this be an opportunity for people to know that God is alive. And immediately after this, we're gonna pray for this. But let's do that. See what the disciples are doing? And when they wait for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, they didn't, they weren't fearful and you know they were not stupid either. (laughs) They waited by faith. I just wanna speak to you. That was an introduction of my message. I just want to speak to you about three things very quickly in the 20 minutes that I have. And that is, these people w- were chosen by God. We know very well how Jesus chose the disciples. They were chosen by God. And I want to draw you to three things about God choosing the disciples. The first one is, they were chosen by name. Each and every one was chosen By God, by name. The second thing is that they were chosen by God for such a time as this. The third thing is that they were chosen by God in spite of weaknesses. Okay? They were chosen by name. They were chosen for such a time as this. And they were chosen in spite of weaknesses. Chosen by name. Do you realize in the book of Acts... The first thing that you pick up as you read this story that Luke is telling us is that he is going to the extent of giving us names of the disciples. Do you realize that? We, we, we went through literally every name of the disciples that were there. So you, he, he's even telling us Jesus' mother was there. He's telling us that there were two other guys who were chosen. There was a guy called Matthias. He's literally going through names. Do you know what? God is big, isn't it? Do you agree? God is mighty, He's sovereign, He's powerful, He's the maker of the heavens and the earth and the seas and everything in them. He is the sovereign, mighty God who has created the heavens. He has created the Milky Way galaxy, and even that is a subdivision of many galaxies that we don't know anything about, and there are many, many planets in, in in the universe, some of which even scientists don't even know about, they're big, and yet they came out of the mouth of God, the sun, this big ball of fire came out of the mouth of God, he spoke out of nothing, and everything happened, and he's the one who governs the angels, and he tells them what to do every day, every morning, he's the God who's in charge of the sea, and the creatures that are in there, he's in charge of the universe, and the nations, and all that we see around us, and yet that very big God, that very massive God, he knows your name. And not only does he know your name, he has chosen you. He is the one who came and called you by name and said, Lijo, I want you for myself. You are not just part of a group of people who come in the afternoon to worship God. You, You don't just make up the numbers. You are here because God has gone out to call you all by name. He chose you by name. He's not chosen you because you belong to a family and he just ha- happened to be saving your mom and you believed just because your mom was saved. No, God has chosen you by name. There are some of us, some of, some people are born being told that they're an accident. I know many people who've who've told me and my parents said I was an accident. They said they weren't planning me, I just happened. I say, no, you didn't happen. God made you happen because he chose you before the world began by name you remember what happens in heaven? Jesus is standing there with a book. And you know what? Your name is in the Lamb's Book of Life. Not just a church or a people. It doesn't say City Hill in the Lamb's Book of Life. It says Elizabeth. It says, Joel, your name is right there. God chose His disciples all by name. He chose them. Literally every individual there was not there by mistake. They were there because God chose them. And you might say, yeah, but what about this guy, Matthias? Because it was either him or it was the other guy. And all of a sudden, what they did was they had to cast lot and roll a die. (laughs) Who are the gamblers here? I just want to pray for you. (laughs) Uh, Roll a die and see what happens. Or was it, um, it was chance, wasn't it? Or it was luck. It was, let's do rock, paper, scissors. Matthias and the other guy. Rock, paper, scissors. I'm the one who's chosen. No, it wasn't like that. God chose God said, you are going to be one of the 12. You are included. I'm choosing you specifically by name. That's why we know his name. Sai, so God chose you by name. And in case you're wondering, no, that can't be because this guy happened to be chosen through a lot. Let's see what Proverbs 16 says. Proverbs 16, verse 33 says, Okay? It's that you roll a die, or you do rock, paper, scissors, but it's every decision is from the Lord. It doesn't matter whether you were chosen by someone who rolled a die, or your parents said you were a mistake, or it was rock, paper, scissors. Ultimately, behind all of that, the decision is God's. Or you came here because your, your, your friend were talking about Jesus, they were talking about church, and you just felt like it's such a, a good idea that you will come and check the church out. No, 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 you didn't come and check the church out, and all of a sudden, they tell you about Jesus, and you find yourself responding. No, God brought you here, and He handpicked you by name, and He knows your name. He knows our name, and He's chosen us by name. The disciples were there every single one of them, because God had handpicked them. You're not just part of the crowd, you were chosen. The second thing is that they were chosen for such a time as this. What do I mean by that? They were chosen for this moment when the Holy Spirit was going to come and come down upon them in the upper room and tons of fire rest on them and something beautiful happens and 3,000 people give their life to Jesus and 5,000 people give their life to Jesus and the whole thing goes wild and it reaches the nations and that's why we are here. They were chosen for such a time as this. And we are chosen for this moment. God chose literally every single one of us for such a time as this. You might be thinking, why is this happening right now? My wife, Emily, she said something which was uh, quite intriguing she just came back from china um no no she's she's under quarantine so she's not here but she came she went to china because her dad died had passed away and she said to me why why is everything happening around this time you know we talk about timing she's just come back she just finished her quarantine and she's going back emotionally now she's a wreck i mean it's all that's happening and as a family and i'm looking after dylan as you can pick up and there's so much that's happening around our lives right now and please pray for us and she said to me the other night she said Do you know what god just showed me something because i've been wondering god planned for my mother to be a doctor <laughs> i said okay what do you mean by that she said i just feel god is revealing that he, he was behind my mom becoming a doctor. I was like, okay. And he was also behind you becoming a pastor. So I'm stepping back. I'm just trying to understand. She said, I don't think I would have coped. I'm the only child at home. And, and around the time when my dad was dying with cancer, my mom was there caring for him all this time. And he had it under control. Jesus Christ had it under control. It was because God somehow knew what was going to happen, and He He planned that my mom would be there to care for. Her. I was like, "Wow, that's interesting." And God knew that I would struggle with this all that's happening now, and God somehow put a pastor in my life who was going to help me through this time and moment of grieving, and was going to help me to understand what happens after death. I was like, "Wow, that means we were chosen for such a time as this." That as pain hits her life, there are the right people around her. Do you have the right people around you for such a time as this? The disciples, when Jesus called them, little did they realize that they were called for a moment that was so important in the history of Christianity around the world. They thought they were just going to spend three years with Jesus Christ and they're just going to spend time with Jesus for three years, and then it was all going to be done. But God knew that one day He will release them to become His witnesses around the world. And God knows about you as well. Because when I became a Christian 16 years ago, it's not a long time ago, 16 years ago, don't ask me how old I am, but 16 years ago when I became a believer, it was in my mother's lounge, she led me to the Lord. If you had said to me, Fusi, one day you'll be in Dubai preaching the gospel with believers there, believing that God is calling you to actually reach the city and to tell people about you, you were not going to, I wasn't going to believe it. But that moment was for you, this moment. And the moment that Jesus saved you and set you apart and called you and salvation came into your life was not because it was just a, It was just how life goes. God chose you then and brought you here to be with us today now because He wants to do something here in this city in this moment now, and He wants to do it through us. The question is, do you believe that? Do you believe that you were chosen for this moment? Why are we hiding? Why are we losing hope? Why are we casting off restraints? We are called for this moment. And his disciples were standing at the precipice, of the breakthrough that changed history forever when the Spirit of God came. We are chosen, literally every one of us. And you might say, I'm just so overwhelmed. I've got lots of responsibilities and I just need to sort this out. You are chosen right now for this moment in history to be the answer to the world, the answer to this city for such a time as this. That's what God has chosen you to do. It's not a mistake and it's not chance. Either. Number three, we are chosen regardless of the weaknesses that we have in our lives. Let me ask you a question. How many of you here are sinless and perfect? Let me see a show of hands so that I can pray for you. How many of you? Sinless. Perfect. Never done anything. Colin, you deserve some counseling. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus called Peter. Peter was messed up. He was a business guy. He was a fisherman. He had No good track record. He even said to Jesus, get away from me because you are so holy. He realized he wasn't holy himself. He was weak. And later, he said three times, I don't know this guy. I don't know Jesus. He was a weak person. He had a weak character. He wasn't all sorted, all put together. We are not. And yet, he was the one who was chosen to stand up and say, hey, the gospel is to take ground and bear fruit in this place. There were also someone there who was an extremist, a zealot. Who didn't belong there? <laughs> there was a tax collector. Who didn't belong there? And there was Matthias. who said, oh, I'm not part of the 12. Are you here today thinking, these guys look sorted? I'm not, I don't belong here? Let me tell you what. If you are here today, and you are weak, and you haven't got it all together, this is where you belong. <laughs> if you are perfect here, Get out. You know why? Because in the kingdom of God, no perfect people are allowed. Because only God makes you perfect. If you come sorted, Jesus said, I didn't come for you. I came for the broken. I came for the lost. I came for the forgotten. I came for the disillusioned. I came for all these people. These are the ones I came for. If you are weak, this is your moment. Do you know why? Why? Because when the Spirit comes upon you, as weak as you are, when the Spirit of God comes upon you, you will receive boldness, and you will be Jesus' witnesses, and you will be a different person altogether to the person you've always been. And let me tell you, because Jesus perfects you, He's the one who makes you perfect, When you come perfected, He can't use you because you don't need Him. But when you are weak, you are strong because in your weakness, He takes over and He brings His strength. Because the Son of God is perfect, we come under His perfection and we are being perfected and we are being filled with the Holy Spirit. What seems impossible, only through the power of the Holy Spirit and the anointing of Jesus Christ will be made possible. This church is for the weak people. This church is for the people who are broken, the people who have done things that they're not proud of. God is saying, come to Jesus and He will perfect you. How many of you have uh, watched a movie called, it's, it's a classic, it's called The Matrix? The Matrix, sorry, Matrix? Who's ever watched The Matrix? Matrix. <laughs> Who's ever watched The Matrix. You know The Matrix? Not a lot. I mean, the first meeting, by the way, everyone had watched it. I'm kidding. <laughs> but The Matrix is about this guy who's a computer whiz. He's amazing. He works for this big company. And uh, he's, a, he's, a, he's a geek during the, the day and at night. He doesn't sleep at night. He, he, he has this dodgy business where he sells software and he hacks computers, etc., and he makes money on the side. And all of a sudden, he realizes that he's called into something else that he never thought he would be called into. And uh, there's this other reality, other world he's not aware of, and uh, apparently he's chosen in that by a man called Morpheus, who believes that he, this man, Neo, his name is Keanu Reeves, and Laurence Fishburne in the, other, in the other reality. This guy has chosen him to be <laughs> the savior in that, in the, in that reality and then he has all these machines that want to kill him, and, and he steps into this other reality. And when he comes into this new reality, he's still amazed, he's still surprised at all that's happening, but he realizes he still has his old reality. He's still weak, he doesn't have anything, he can't, he can't fly, he can't do all the stuff that these people do. And then, all of a sudden, he's tuned in to the, the new reality. Because it wasn't about what he brought into that reality. It was about what he was going to receive from that reality that was going to make him into this great, wonderful, powerful guy who was going to defeat the enemy. Isn't that what Jesus has done? He didn't bring you in because you were perfect, but he brought you into a different reality. What is that reality? The Holy Spirit will come upon you. And when the Spirit comes upon you, you will receive power and you'll receive boldness, and you'll become a chosen person to bear fruit for God. In spite of our background, in spite of our weaknesses, in spite of all that we have, we are chosen to bear fruit for God. Do you believe you are chosen? Who is weak? Are you not weak? When you are weak, you are strong in God. He's chosen you to bear fruit in this time. And when the Spirit comes upon you, you will do things you've never done before because the grace of God is upon your life. Let's stand together. Thank you for listening. Visit www.cityhillglobal.com to find out more about City Hill Church.